protection, the safety, for, right? I don't want to risk anything. It's too dangerous. I don't want to risk danger. You just on one side, on the opposite side over here, what do you have? You have William Wallace and his men. And in this moment, what do you see? You see these, these men saying, we want to fight and risk our lives so that those who have no freedom, those who are underneath us, those who, who we love, that they can live for freedom today and tomorrow and forever. And I'm sitting there as this idealistic college student in, in really almost in tears in my room in prayer saying, God, I feel the tension. Because I see myself every day choosing safety, choosing ease, not choosing danger, choosing my own gratification, my own satisfaction, my own safety with my decisions and the life that I live. Listen, when we chose foster care, there was this moment... Just like this, just saying, this is going to change every part of my life, and I'm not sure I want to get that uncomfortable, because something's going to have to change about how I live and my time. It was an opposite moment. And you see this moment right here of this tension. Because by nature, as human beings, we want to vacay. That's what we want. That's what our will wants. It's what our desires want. But there's this other side. And I don't know about you, but if you remember watching the movie, who do you want to be? Do you want to be William Wallace? Or the lame king who ultimately is responsible, William the Bruce, who's responsible for killing him? Because he was too afraid to stand up. You see, dads, as we stand in this moment, our lives have this tension moment, doesn't it? Of how are we going to live? Listen, I've been to a lot of churches who spend most of their time making sure that you're comfortable and that you feel good so that you won't leave, so that you will give them money, so they can grow a bigger church to make themselves feel better about themselves. And so we go to churches like that all the time. But I'm telling you, today, you want to be William Wallace. You want to live a life that actually makes a difference. Because when we look at the life of Jesus, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm in the, Listen, William Wallace is the Jesus character in this. He literally dies on a cross, basically, in the, in the movie. You remember, they strap him up. He's a Jesus character. It was intentional. Because the saying, this is the life that we are to live. Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verse 22. Jesus describes the reality of his own sacrificial life when he said about himself. When he said about himself, the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, be killed, and then on the third day be raised from the dead. And Jesus, and in Scripture, this is the very first time in all of the Gospels that Jesus prophetically speaks and reveals what's going to happen to him. All of his disciples were clueless and did not get, did not get it. They had no idea what he meant. But in the moment, Jesus is saying, the Son of Man must suffer, he must be rejected, he must be killed, and then life will come. 
Jesus is describing the truth of his life, sacrifice and death, listen, which would lead to resurrection, which in turn would lead to the possibility of spiritual life for millions and millions and millions of people, including you, at least those who know him. This is his story. This is his life. This is the picture of William Wallace, right? Fighting against tyranny of the enemy so that those who don't have freedom would no longer be bound, but would have freedom. And Jesus comes and says, the Son of Man, because He is a perfect Father, loving those who are a spiritual father, loving those who are oppressed, those loving those who are bound in chains, loving those who are in prison. He's come to set them free, right? Luke 4, Isaiah 61. He's come to set them free. And Jesus is coming and saying, my life as a spiritual father over those who are oppressed is to come and to live, to suffer, to be rejected, and to die so that those who don't have freedom could have it forever. This is the Father's Day message. There really is no other Father's Day message. You could say other things, but it all comes down to the cross of Jesus and the expression and the fullness of his love for a people who are dying and in need and in need of freedom. And so then he has the audacity as Jesus sometimes does, to come and then to say, hey, that's my life. Now let me tell you about my expectations of your life. And dads, and this, and this go ahead and not off the hooks, moms and women. This applies to men and women, okay? He then comes down the next section and says, and what kind of language that I want us to use this morning is the legacy we're leaving behind. Legacy, you know what I mean, right? The, what your life and what your life leaves behind for those that you influence. I believe in this morning that we, we, can, we can find this level of, of legacy. What your life, the impact of your life, what the actions of your life will leave behind. You can think the tombstone, right? What's on your tombstone? What people will say about you. I'll just say this up front. Like this video we watched about bacon and manly stuff and directions. If that's the only way that my children describe me and that you describe me, then I've wasted my life. That's the tension point I felt that night watching Braveheart. I don't want to just sit over here and live my life while others are dying, and I'm only I'm, have my, my huddle over here. He goes on, and Jesus says, and this idea of legacy, and this idea of, 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 the, of the tension of the story, and then what Jesus comes and expects of us. He says in verse 23, And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, NIV says, if anyone would be my disciple, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Forever would save his life, will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me in my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Here in these verses, Jesus describes his life. 
He's describing the life of sacrifice. He's just said that he will experience. He denied himself. He took up his cross literally, and he followed the will of the Father. And so what we see this morning is Jesus is describing himself, but he then comes and says, but it's also my expectation of my followers. It's the expectation I have of my followers, of those who are walking with me, those who would call themselves my disciples. That's the idea of verse 23. If anyone would come after me, basically saying anyone who would be my disciple, which would be the same thing in our own language today, anyone who says, yes, I'm following Jesus, calls himself a Christian, a Christ follower, a friend or a lover of Jesus, or anyone who would say they are saved or born again. That's what it's talking about here. If anyone would come after me, if any of those phrases are words that you've, that you've used to describe yourself, good news, he's talking about you. He's talking about me. And he comes and he gives these three pieces in this verse that describe the life of one who will leave a legacy similar to Jesus. How many of you attest to the fact that Jesus left a pretty cool legacy? I would, right? And Jesus is saying, if you want to leave a legacy like mine, here's a simple equation. I love when Jesus makes things super simple and super practical. Listen, I've been around theologians, I've, been around, I've read commentaries who spend pages and pages and hours and hours breaking all this down to Greek syntax, right? Comparing to other verses over here in comparison. And we do all of that and miss the simplicity of what he's saying. So we're going to look at the simplicity of it. He says three things. Deny self, take up a cross, and follow me. Don't theologize it. Just take it for what it is. Super simple and super practical. He comes to number one. Deny self. The definition of that is very simple. Don't set our own selfish desires and will against the right Christ has to our lives. That, that should be on the screen. I want you to read that. We don't set, uh, think about this, our own selfish desires and our own will against the right Christ has to our lives. Do you see that? I love that language. The idea of, of his right to our life. It is no longer I who live, we said a couple weeks ago, but it's Christ who lives in me. I've died to self, selfish desires, selfish, these selfish longings. It means we don't seek our own good as our primary agenda in life. That I live my life, men, dads, I live my life looking at those who God's given me, this is important, He's given me influence in. Maybe your own birth children, but it's much more than that. The people in your life who look up to you, who respect you. And Jesus is saying in the moment of those relationships, there's this context of denying self. When you're around people saying, it's not about what I want to do with my time. It's not about watching TV. It's not about reading my paper. It's not about me going and riding my bike or working out or going fishing all the time or going to the lake or doing whatever. That's not the primary call in these moments. My, call, my primary call in these moments is even though I have a desire and a will and a longing to do those things, those in need of life around me trump this. 
And so I give the best of myself to those, not leftovers. We understand the deny self and the call that God has on our life with this. You know your children? Remember that time you told them to clean their room and they wanted to? Never happened. Because you said, clean your room before you get to go on your phone, get to watch TV, get to go outside, get to go to the mall, get to go take the car for a spin, whatever it may be. And what they do, I don't want to clean my room. That's what they said. May I say it verbally, that's what they said inside their mind. They may have said they hated you like when they're in those awkward years, right? They didn't mean it, parents, don't worry. And in that moment, in that moment, they have a crossroad moment. They either deny self, their own will, their longing, their desires, or they disobey. There's two options. And in this moment, God is saying, in the context of our relationship, in the context of those you're influencing, there is a, a, a chosen denying of yourself. It doesn't mean self-rejection or self-loathing. It doesn't mean you can't go fishing. It doesn't mean, praise God, it doesn't mean you can't do other things. Only, only I can think of right now, right? No, it doesn't mean you can't go fishing and do those types of things. It just means that the needs of others and you trump your own will and desires. That's what it means. Jesus, would you attest, he did not want to die on a cross, but our needs trumped his own will. The second thing, take up his cross. You know, the cross was an instrument of death. It's this idea, this willful choice every day to surrender our will to his will for us. Choosing what he wants over what I want. Read that again. The willful choice every day to say, God, I surrender my will, what I want to do and my desires to your will for me. Whatever you want today, I will give my time. I will give the best of myself. I will choose what you want over what I want. It's the idea for us that that moment we've had where our children come to us probably every day in some form or fashion and say, Hey, will you go outside and throw the ball with me? Will you go outside and play? Will you come up and play tea parties with me? Will you come out? Will you play this game with me? Will you come play video games? Will you come do this? Will you take me there? Da, 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 da. And we just got home and have not even put our bag down yet. And everything inside is like, get away from me, kid. That's what you're thinking inside. You never say it. Right? It's like, here's his face. Right? And in that moment, we have a crossroad. Right? It's a moment of saying, I'm either going to, I'm either going to die to self in the moment and choose to give my best to the person I have influence over. Or I say, no, I choose myself. I'm going to come read my paper until I'm done. See, in our lives, these moments of taking up our cross, choosing every day his will. The third thing is follow me. Follow me. The message, the message written by Eugene Peterson is just the Bible in everyday language. Says it beautifully here. He puts it, he says it this way. Anyone who intends, this is Jesus speaking, anyone intends, who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. I love that. I love that. Just that simplicity of language, right? 
I am leading here. I, you have to get behind me. You can't follow someone that you're in front of, right? Poor little Sarah yesterday. She, we, she kind of got in front of me. I wasn't paying attention. We, she got lost in the softball field, right? She was not following. I did not do a good job. I'll own it of like looking for her, even though I'd said to follow me, right? No, it's like, she's sitting, all of a sudden I'm turning around. She's nowhere to be seen. And, and all of a sudden I get a message later. She's like asking strangers, calling me. I'm like, I feel terrible. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst dad ever. And tomorrow's Father's Day. Awesome, right? No, it's like this moment, right? You have the, the you can't lead, you have to follow. So what I'm getting at in the context of deny self, take up cross and follow me, there's this idea that it requires a relationship with God. Right? It requires a, a, a knowledge of where He's going and what He's calling us to do. Listen, here's the deal. Randall asked me, it's like try to make this really practical because and here's the thing, I don't know how to make it practical in your life. Because the only practical way of saying it is that every day, maybe this is practical enough, she can nod her head, yes or no, you can watch her. When in practicality, I wake up every day and my first conscious choice is to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I love you. And thank you that we are walking through life together today. And today... I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's you're a school teacher, Mallory Hubauer, right? I don't care if you're an engineer. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a counselor. I don't care if you're a garbage man. I don't care if you're a student. It doesn't matter. I don't care if you're a, I don't care whatever you do. I wake up every day and saying, Jesus, here is my life. And today, God, I am naturally going to choose to do the things that I want to do. I am naturally going to bow down to my own will with my time and how I spend my time. My time is my time. But God, I give you my time and make my time your time. With our kids, with your spouse, people that you work with. Like I'm at the, I'm at the softball field yesterday, guys, and I'm walking to my next. This is, I'm sorry, I'm telling my own story here. It's so wrong to do as a pastor because I'm looking like I'm glorifying myself. Right? But I'm not. There's this conviction of the moment, right? I, I'm walking and I see this mom and I look at her and I'm like, I'm like we're just about to start our game. The umpires are like calling me over. I'm like, hey, are you, are you, are you okay? She's like, yeah, yeah. I said, no, seriously, I've just been kind of watching. You've been kind of out of sorts today. I said, so make sure you're doing okay. Are you doing okay? She's like, yeah, yeah. Get home last night about 9.45 from our softball games. Got a text from her. And she said it this way. I thought it was funny. I forgot that you're a pastor and that you can read people. <laughs> right? That's what it, it was so funny. And she said, I've been, I've been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I had a, and I had a, I had a um, what's the word? Like an outburst of it. It's not the right word, but an episode of it. And she goes, I was in a lot of pain and struggling. And I just, she goes, I had to cherish you praying for me. I wrote back, said, I will be, I wrote back this morning, said, I'll be praying for you, for you. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to talk to her. I mean, honestly, it's the last thing I wanted to do. I did not want to stop. I didn't want to talk to her. I mean, I love her and all, but I had softball in the mind. I had places to be. I had umpires calling me. I had girls who were needing me on the field. Boom, there she is. Stopped, asked her, and God moved in that moment for her. See, that's what it looks like. This idea deny, like simple things. Like you're walking. How many of you, how many of you I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna give you three months. In the last three months have been walking and you just felt this like, mm, I should call or talk to that person. Raise your hand. 
Okay? You just knew you should share the gospel with somebody. You needed to just ask someone how they're doing, whatever it may be. Right? Most of us. Almost all of us. In this moment, how many of you wanted to do that? <laughs> like we didn't. And the denying stuff, that's the part. It's like we have people we have influence over. People in our lives, whether it's our literal birth children, spiritual children, people in our lives. And we have this place of influence. And in the moment, we wake up and say, Jesus, today I deny self so I can be like William Wallace and Jesus. I'm going to take up my cross like William Wallace and Jesus. And I'm going to follow you like Jesus. And I'm going to say maybe William Wallace too. I have no idea. Makes a better story if it is so. In this moment, why? Because my, listen, God saved me and then says, take up your, deny yourself, deny getting saved so you can get, so you can celebrate you going to heaven and do whatever you want to do and live for me so that through you, I could bring salvation and healing and freedom and restoration to a people who do not have it. Would you please die so that others who are dying could simply live? And here's the thing. Dads, this is to define our life. We are to be fathers. Listen, and this idea of following Jesus, if we don't, Follow Jesus. This is important. Hear this. This is probably the most important thing I said all morning. If we don't follow Jesus, and our children or those who are, we are influencing are following us, then where does that mean we are leading them? Honestly. I'll say that again. If we don't follow Jesus, if we don't live our life for the purpose of leaving the spiritual legacy, if we don't, and our children are following this, following us, then where does that mean that we are leading them? It's just, listen, that's not a condemnation, guilt-driven statement. It's honestly, it should just be a real question we should ask ourselves. Are we, listen, it's the idea of discipleship. We should be living our lives so that if those who are around us followed us, it would lead them straight to the feet of Jesus. Because there's no other, there's no, there's no other place to be. No other place. Jesus goes on to say really practically, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man or woman if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his soul? The idea is simple. If you strive to protect and save your life, then your life has no meaning and you've basically lost the impact. But if you deny self, take up your cross and follow Jesus, then you will truly live. We don't want to be William de Bruce, whatever his name was. We want to be William Wallace. That's why I stood, I sat there watching that movie. I'm like, I want to paint my face for some reason, right? I want to be William Wallace. I want my life to have this impact. I want my life to have this meaning. I want my life to be dangerous for Jesus. I want to live on the edge. God, I, I want to die for you, Jesus. 
I will not be satisfied unless my life is that type of life. I don't need boats. I don't need cars. I don't need big houses. I don't need anything but to live my life for Jesus sacrificially so that others who don't know Him or are far from Him or are struggling can have salvation, healing, restoration, freedom, and wholeness. Oh God, I prayed that night. Would that be my life, Jesus? Would it be my life? I can't be that guy. I mean, I didn't do this the first verse. Do you remember that scene when he gets betrayed by William the Bruce, basically the king of Scotland? Do you remember that scene? And he looks up and the, and the king takes off his mask and William Wallace sees it. He was, it was Judas Iscariot. He was betrayed. Do you remember the look on his face? He literally just sat there and gave up because he thought this man on his side, he just betrayed him. And I'm sitting there going, that's the cost. That's the reality. That's not easy, Jesus. Jesus then goes on and kind of deepens the pot by saying in that second, verse 25, you can gain the whole world, the cosmos. Everything you see and everything that the Hubble telescope sees, right? The cosmos, everything in all of creation. You can gain the whole cosmos, the whole world, everything in it. And lose everything life has to offer. You can live for all of this. Selfishly, self-gratification, the things of your flesh. And gain the whole world. But the paradox is in doing that, you will lose everything. But if you will die to self, die to, to your own desires, and put the longings and needs and dreams of others, and help them reach those, then you have truly Lived. What type of legacy are we leaving? The three questions I want to lead us, just lead you through, men and then women too, you can ask these same types of questions. Three questions, they're all up here on the screen. You'd ask the question, what type of legacy am I leaving? Like right now, if you're honest, self-examination, self-awareness, what type of legacy are you leaving? Number two, Where am I leading those who are following me? Where are you leading those who are following you? Where am I leading those who are following me? Number three, what kind of father am I? Get before the the heavenly father who is compassionate, kind, and loving. He'll be honest in love, truthful in love, right? Just ask him how you're doing. He's not going to beat you up. If he beats you up, it's not him. Our, Our heavenly father does not beat us up. He comes and speaks honestly. You're feeling condemned. Listen, for those who are a little bit older and you're looking back going, oh my gosh, I've been a terrible father. Good news. There's grace. God can bless in a moment. He can begin to pour out his spirit through you and bless and redeem the years. The locusts have eaten. Scripture says love covers a multitude of your sins. That's good news. Ask these questions and then ask God begin to move through you in this way. I want to invite the worship team to come. We're going to go into some of, of ministry and prayer. This morning, we have ministry teams who'd love to pray for about anything. I don't care if you stubbed your toe and you just want some prayer for healing for that or, what, or all the, the things we're talking about this morning. You just want someone to pray for you about anything. We'd love to pray for you. Second thing this morning is we would like to invite you to come to the altar and just pray if you want. Here's what we're going to do. Men, I invite you to come and 
We're going to have some of our leaders, a David Gillum, a Walt Anderson, make my way around the room. I'm trying to see, see I apologize. I can't, I'm not Ben, Ben Gillum, uh, Scott Crawford, who's in here. I want to invite these men to come forward in a minute. And they're going to be standing, they're going to be on the front row. And I want the men to come. I'll be up here. Britt, you can come and pray too. Britt Harbour, you pay attention, you can come and pray too. Stop talking to your wife. I'm talking to this good man. Now come forward and pray, right? And I want you to come. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for these men. Because we, listen, Having influence and being William Wallace, being like Jesus is not easy. It's easier to be all the things, eat bacon, eat steak, mass production. Those things are easy. But living sacrificially, dying to self, living for others, that's difficult. I want to invite you to come to the altar in mass. And we're going to come around. We're just going to like lay hands on you. And we're going to pray like a 10 to 15 second prayer over you, a blessing, praying God's grace. Because here's the thing. You don't become a better father by manning up. Because then you're in man strength trying to be Jesus and you're going to fail. You need God's grace. You need his spirit. You need his movement. You need to say, God, I give myself over to you, right? I'm denying my own abilities and I'm going to take up your, I'm going to say yes to your will. I'm going to ask that your resurrection life now come through me. Let's ask him to help. We have our offering baskets here. Just kind of, if you have, if you came this morning to give, right? Just kind of throw it over the men, right? They take precedent. But just tempt, throw, the, throw your money over the men and just pray a blessing over it as it goes in, okay? But let's ask the Lord to move this morning. Pray for our men. If, you're, if your men are not here, I'll say this. Women, if your men are not here, your dads are not here, and you want us to pray for them, you come to the altar too. And we will just, you can stand in their place and we will lay hands on and pray for them. So if you come forward to the altar, we know we're praying for some dad who's a part of your life. Okay? I want you to respond. Because this is a movement of the Father that as we do this, and then legacy begins to happen. Mm, that is good times, and we call that real church. Let me pray for us. And as I pray, you can go ahead and begin to come. Harvest is going to lead us as we worship Jesus. We pray this morning that you would come in power. We know that you're present. When we say come in power, I mean, God, we just say a release of your power this morning, Jesus. We pray for a release. We pray for a breakthrough. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us. God, we, we just confess, Lord, and recognize that we all fail at times as fathers. And we say, Jesus, this morning, we thank you for your grace in those moments. And we ask for help this morning, Jesus. We ask for help this morning, Jesus. We pray that you would bless your children. To bless these men. And God, I pray that God, there would be a breakthrough this morning. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.